0: the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today our guest is Linda Carroll, and we are going to be talking about how to survive and thrive under times of uncertainty because these are uncertain times that we are living in. We've got a global pandemic. We've got... um, an uprising happening here in the United States. We've got all sorts of crazy things going on. This is a a changing and uh, will be a changed world moving forward. And none of us know what that's going to look like and how is that going to impact our relationships. Um, So we're here to talk about that today. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Linda before we dive in. Linda Carroll is the author of Love Skills and Love Cycles. While she has worked as a therapist and couples coach for over three decades and has acquired numerous certificates and degrees along the way, she says that her own 35-year marriage is the primary source of her knowledge when it comes to the cycles of love. She lives in Corvallis, Oregon, and I'm so excited to have her with us here today. Welcome to the show, Linda.
0: Well, hi. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Yeah, so um, we are going to go to a quick break before we dive into the topic today, but before we do that, will you tell our listeners what your superpowers
0: are? Superpowers, well, let me think, you know, the first thing that comes up for me is a, a, a certain humility and uh, and acknowledgement that I that one of my superpowers is acknowledging that I don't really have a lot of superpowers. Um, I know where to go and ask for help. I'm I'm pretty resilient, and um, I think I was I was just thinking about this: is that I, I have a sort of a deep sense of a deep faith in human beings, even though there's a lot of crazy stuff around, which challenges that. And that does feel like a superpower because I can go back to that again and again, especially working with couples. You know, when people are in their most stressed and they're in their most regressed, I believe that they're going to get out of it and and find a different place, and they usually do. Beautiful. That's really
1: beautiful. That uh, faith in the human spirit to persevere. Um, so we are we're going to break before we dive into this topic, so that we can really. Um, give it our full attention but before we do will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work
0: sure i have a website which is linda a there's an a there linda i have a gmail Uh, you can email me at linda carol 44 at gmail and i have an instagram account which is linda carroll official on instagram
1: very official
0: all right so
1: we are talking with linda carroll about how to survive and thrive under times of uncertainty so don't go anywhere we'll be right back
2: hello everyone this is tonya don rekla executive director of superpower experts and we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world.
1: Okay, we are back. So it's a big topic. Um, you know, right now at the time of this recording, we're starting to see, you know, some states starting to open up a little bit um, from this this lockdown that we've been under, but it's still very much an uncertain time. No one knows exactly what opening up is going to bring. Um, you know, couples have been under quarantine for three months together already. What are what have you seen so far in your work and, and with couples in terms of how this is impacting relationships?
0: Well, I think that it's, you know, what what is true, Tatiana, is that whatever it is that's causing stress, stress exaggerates the trouble between people. And right now, especially, we're just living in a time where people have been quarantined together, and that's another kind of stress. So you have the stress of what's going on in the world outside, and then you have the stress of two people who probably found each other, if you're living with a partner, Um, If you found each other because they're different than you and those differences, which can, can be very sexy and exciting when you're not locked down together, take on a new face when you are. I, you know, I was thinking about this when, when this started in March and I was thinking about 37 years ago, I said to my husband, I would love to be on a desert island with you and no one else. And now we are. And it's not so much fun. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Here we are, and our and and so so our our differences become very exaggerated. And um, one of the things I recently did a, a zoom on my own website about how to thrive in in um, the pandemic, which is actually. I think thriving is pushing it. To be honest, I think surviving and getting through with some kindness and patience is about as well as many of us, most of us, can do. Um, but th- thrive goes with survive, so that's a good title. <laughs> <And, laughs> we like yeah.
1: rhyming around here. Like
0: rhyming, <laughs> I, so so you know there are the, the differences between people. There's the obvious differences like introverts, extroverts. You know, some of us. Really want we're, we're we're waves and we want to connect all the time and we're always available and often we're with someone who's more like an island who is more of an introvert who wants space and when we're in one place together that's really hard. We, I have one couple I worked with and the 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 one person was a man and a woman and the man was such an introvert he had made a little room for himself in his closet <laughs> and they had a, they had they were in a small condo just he cleared it out. He just had to be away from from everyone. Um, but, but we have differences that, another difference that I see with people has to do with the intake of information, you know, for some, and it's certainly true for me. I really, I like the news because I like to be reassured that the world is still here. And my husband reads it once in the morning, he has a newspaper he loves, and that's it. And in the evening he looks at headlines and he doesn't want to think about it or talk about it in between and I find that's true with a lot of people too. there are people that want news breaks all the time because that will calm their system down and then there are people who want to know all the time what's going on because that calms their system down. Well, I have a question about that
1: though I mean does it really calm your system down or it or does it keep keep sort of a low level of anxiety that your system has become accustomed to sort of running in the background?
0: I think that's a really, really great question. But I, and, and, you know, I don't know ultimately what the answer is, but I think that, that I, what I've witnessed with a lot of people is that many of them have the ability to really turn off what's going on, but I don't want to turn it off. And I guess that's another part of it. I don't want to disconnect from what's happening in the world. I feel like this is one, the most important time I have ever lived through. Mm. And I don't want to miss it. And I don't want to numb it. And I don't want to go away from it. I mean, I'm not watching the news all day long. I'm doing all kinds of things. I'm walking. I'm doing yoga. I'm reading. I'm doing things. I'm So it's not like I just sit in front of, of the television. But I also don't want to close my eyes to this. Um, i uh I think i i I did a lot of um well I, I don't know we don't want to get I won't, I, I won't get into that, but I, I I think that there is such an important time right now, and I know that the more I pay attention to what's going on, the more I am motivated to do something about it and to do something different mm. so you know that's how it works for me
1: mm-hmm. um. And that's, I think, that's really beautiful. I think, I know, um, I've seen a lot of conflicting news. So it's it's, it's challenging um, to know what's true. I think that's a that's a big theme that's coming out of this time. Is like we hear one thing one week, and then we hear something that's totally contrary to that the next week. And you know, depending on where you get your news source, you're going to be receiving different um storylines and different different spins on on what's occurring in the world right now and i think it's i think it's really i think that in and of itself can be stressful too right because because now now there's we have all these people who are sort of operating in different different truths Um, i think that's always been true but i think i think this pandemic has kind of made it even more obvious that your reality and my reality are subjective and and different from one another um, and and, I, and that can even be true living in the same household with someone if you if you consume different sources of information
0: Well I, I think yes and no I think there are some truths that are not about what what I feel or what you feel you know I think we have a have had a, a really terrible, problem and disparity of racism in this country and that there is no way to pretend that's not true whatever news you tune into that's a reality that that has been the systemic trouble has been there forever I, uh, my husband's a New Zealander and we are so and we have kids in New Zealand and listen you know they have they stopped the pandemic and they're back into normal life. Because they shut things down, and they were—they're one country. This is many states, and people are doing many different things. So another thing for me that is true is that if everybody acts in unison, that we're gonna—we're gonna do a lot better. Uh, well, I suppose you could argue with that too, depending on what the unison. <laughs> right. is. But watching, this in, watching New Zealand shut down—you know—a few eighteen-year-olds went to the pub and didn't, but mostly they did, and they were able to stop the virus. And here, everybody's fighting about the right way to do it. There's no one way. And there's no agreement, and it's it's going crazy over and over in all different ways. It's breaking out. So I just think that there are some basic things. Sure, people have different spins on it, you know. But I think that there are basic truths that are that are something we can't get away from, and that the that the disparity between the have and the have-nots is coming to a head. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and so, so I guess people have uh, disagreements about that too. I mean one of the things, for instance, um, I, I would say a disagreement that I see couples have a lot is where they have that line of safety. So for one person, if you yeah. go on the extreme end, there's you know person a that says, "I'm going to go to concerts and I'm not going to care." Because I'm some somehow I'm not going to get this virus, and they're with somebody who's Cloroxing all day, wearing gloves and masks to bed. So that would be the extreme. But even if you come towards the middle, people are different. People are risk adverse, and people are more willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. So you have someone that's going out with their friends and walking, and their partner is freaked out about that. And I. And so that's been another trouble that couples have had that I've that I've helped lots of couples deal with that.
1: So that, what do what do you how do you help them navigate that because I, that's a very real thing.
0: Well, there's two two I, okay. There's there's a yes, but if they're playing out a dynamic where one person is still oppositional in in their 15 year oldness and the other person is, you know, full of their own terror, that is a dynamic that has to be dealt with before they're going to get reasonable. But most, and sometimes that's true, you know, don't tell me what to do. And that plays out. But, uh, but most of the time, what I ask them to do is to find a, a, a source that is very unpolitical, unreligious sort of middle of the road, like the red cross. I mean, I think most people can agree that the red cross is sort of the, you know, it's the middle place. And to look at what those guidelines are, and to start from those guidelines, rather than what I feel or what you feel. Because this is like, I, I just believe in science. So let's go to or the CDC, let's go to the science. And let's look at what do they say. And so if they say you can walk with a friend six feet apart, and that scares me, that is then something I need to deal with with my own fear. But it's not fair to put that on my partner i mean one of the things i'm pretty big on in in my in my talks and and my work is really recognizing the impact that we have on our partners or on other people and i, I think that is something that i mean we know how we're impacted but to understand how we impact them so I, so if i'm doing something that is frightening my partner and it's it may be it may seem extreme to me um, but it, it, I know it, but it's not to them, then I can, like, for instance, wearing gloves when you go out to the market, you know, for for some people, that's extreme. But if your partner, if it makes them feel safer, then okay. Or if my partner needs to be walking with their friends, and I don't like that, but I know that's really important for them. And they agree to stay six feet away or wear a mask. You know, we can be uncomfortable. We don't always have to have our own way. And there's a difference between discomfort and real fear. So I think, so I I try to people, bring people back to that basic idea that if you have a partner, you've got a job, which is understanding that what you do impacts them and trying to be fair with your own, with your own way of managing things. And mostly, people are pretty good about that. Um, well, I think what I think,
1: you know what you're what you're saying is really really important. Actually, about understanding how we impact others, because I think something that has happened a lot in our culture is sort of this. It's like we're like islands unto ourselves. You know, we we yeah. we are we're just going to do whatever we want to do without any thought to the impact that it's going to have on another human being on the planet on on the the energy of the space that we're in Um, we don't we just don't think about it because we want what we want so we're gonna do whatever we need to do to get that
0: I think you're, you're right I agree with that and I think that there's such been such a focus on codependency and and heal and recovering from that by by taking care of yourself um, sort of from the 90s to the last 20 years that we've forgotten that when we're with another person that there is a responsibility in how we impact them and it's not about how to take care of them and it's also true about the planet it's true about you know, taking an, uh, an airplane, I travel a lot, I work with couples all over the country, and, I, and, and I've and i had this time out to really think about the impact that that has on the environment where I get on a plane without thinking about it and all that that does to disturb this beautiful world. And I, th- I think that that is, you know, one of the gifts of this for many people mm-hmm. is realizing we can stay home and a lot more than we do. and. And it's interesting what's happened for, you know, in, in in terms of environmental settling down, some of the clear skies. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm from San Francisco, and I just read that the coyotes were walking around North Beach howling. Mm-hmm. I don't know, something about that made me so happy. Um, although it's going to change when we go back, but I think that that's, that's also true. We impact the world in some some ways that are destroying it. So looking at how we impact, I think is a part of mindfulness just as much as being mindful about our own process with our, yeah,
1: I think it's, I think it's, a, it's moving away from codependency towards
0: interdependency. I I, I, yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree with that.
1: Because we need each other. We do need each other. We, we are not islands. We are not designed to live individualistic lives. If you don't touch a baby, it will die. Um, you know, we need other humans, but we need to figure out how to be in relationship with one another in a healthy way. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so I love what you were saying about sort of finding the middle ground. And, um, and if, if you still have fear around that, it, sort of using that as like a litmus test, right? Of like, what's, how can, how can I, how can I align with, with some sort of suggestion or regulation from bodies that are really studying this and then if i have fear beyond that acknowledge that that's my own work to do that's
0: that's right i think that that's right that's well said i think another way that we're different and one of the things that we have to be able to do and i think this is true with not just with partners but with friends is to let to let other people feel bad or good about what's going on some people are taking a really optimistic road like this is great we needed to wake up and i think this is going to really make things better when this is all settled and other people are feeling the pain of the of the planet of the whales of people of color of of the police of all the things that are going on not to mention the pandemic and they're they're really living in that pain and One of the things that I, I wreck in my own relationship, my partner and I work really hard because he'll be optimistic no matter what, which can really, I can get into a lot of judgment about that. You know, he's a, he he is, he'll go, he's a beautiful watercolorist. He'll go off and paint a painting and say, I just think things are going to turn out and I have a lot. I can get into judgment and Mm -hmm. wanting him to be different, but you know, he's an incredibly supportive person to my difference which is i feel it i start thinking about what i can do and i take action and and we need both people in the world and i we need to give our partner or our friends space to feel to feel what they're feeling and not try to make them feel like we feel about it including afraid some people are really afraid and if they're with a partner who's saying calm down you know (laughs) You asked me a superpower. I'm going to tell you a superpower. (sighs) Never say to an upset person, calm down. That never goes well. And for some people who are really distressed, they have a partner who keeps saying, why are you so upset? Calm down. And that's not going to work out well. So giving the other person space and just listening and being present for where they're at is another really important part of getting through this time with our relationships intact.
1: I love what you're saying here. I think that this is a huge thing that I'm seeing, especially on social media. I don't know how active you are on social media, but it has become a judgment festival. Um, and it's it's really abhorrent. It's, 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 um, and it it makes me sad to see how willing we've become to just like throw our friends and family under the bus. and, um, and and to have so much judgment about them. I, re- I remember, I mean, if, I feel a little bit differently right now, but there was when, when uh, in like the first two months of quarantine, I remember this very strong feeling like it was not okay to feel joy, oh, or to yeah. feel happiness. Because if I did, I was going to get punished for it. Right. I was going to get judged so hard for it. And I'm like, that is like really messed up.
0: Yeah, that is. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But you will you will get judged by people. How can you feel joy when this is going on? Yeah. Or it's the same as how can you feel so sad when the sun is so beautiful today? Like, let's just let people be where they're at and feel what they feel. We need both those feelings. We need to be able to feel joy no matter what. You know, my favorite book is, is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and he talks about how in the worst, he was in a concentration camp, in the worst place on earth where people had lost everything, there were, there was a group of people that found meaning in life and found purpose in life and that that it's in our body, it's in our being, it's in our soul to find something to believe in, even in the worst of circumstances. And I, and, and one of the ways we do that is find joy, even though the world is falling apart all around us. Yeah. And, you know, I think that
1: that's why we're still here. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's great.
1: Because, because I think if you look at some of the atrocities that mankind has, has um, wrought (laughs) themselves, but also um, just survived through, I, I, I did an interview yesterday with a, a Sengoma healer and, um, and in, the, in the Zulu tradition, and she was speaking specifically to her, her Black indigenous people of color. And, um, and she was saying, you know, like, look what we have come through. Like, they cannot kill us. We no, we're not dying off. Like we have made it through and I really believe it's because through all of all of the atrocities that have been suffered, there have been people who have been courageous and willing enough to experience joy throughout that time.
0: That's right. I, that's beautiful. That's really that's beautiful. And if you're with somebody who doesn't feel joy, that's okay too. Right. You know, it's like just let's eat let each other be. I think um an, another. Uh, this sort of goes into the joy arena, and but but I have a very good friend, um, and she is with. I work at a place called Rancho La Puerta in Takati, uh, and uh, it and she work has worked there for years, and she was was in Indonesia and put into an internment camp about seventy years ago when she mm-hmm. from the ages of four to seven. And um, her dad worked for Shell Oil, and anyway, doesn't need to tell the story. But she—that's that, where she spent those formative years. And I asked her one time, "How did you get through that?" And she said, "My mother told me that every day I needed to see something beautiful, and and say something beautiful, and do something beautiful." Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time. I've sort of worked on that during the this this time pandemic is like I can I made myself my own little rule about I can feel as bad as I want but every day I have to notice something that makes me feel grateful or is awesome every day I every day I put this on myself to reach out to one person and that I usually don't and say how are you or connect and then I have to catch my thoughts so that even if I'm sort of milling around and how terrible it is, I, I, I make myself go to the, push a little to the other side and think of something that is really awesome because I know that also feeds my cells and feeds my soul. So, if, so I think how we, how we manage that ourselves, isn't that beautiful, though? It's like how she did that every day yeah. from four to seven.
1: Yeah, it makes me think of my dad. I mean, I was not growing up in any kind of situation like that whatsoever. My dad grew up under communism and um and you know, he he escaped and came over to the United States and um and he used to say to me every morning in Romanian, he would say, How is life? And and the response that it, that I was supposed to give, that he had like trained me to give was Life is beautiful. Um and that was like my my morning greeting from my father and you know if i was grumbly i would say life is not beautiful today. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it was still it was still this this message that was sort of infused into my being very young that That's, yeah life is beautiful and and mm-hmm. you know to, to, for that to come from someone who has really experienced a lot of ugliness i think is it's just a very profound thing um so so one thing that i wanted to, wanted see, to see get your take on, take on is what I'm seeing in sort of our social dynamics. It seems like quarantine has made people really socially awkward in a huge way.
0: Um,
1: that I, I, th- that? I think that there's, there's like a, um, I'm seeing it, especially maybe it's magnified for me because I am a mom and, and I'm seeing it in the children more than anything. Um, There's a, this is, it's such a formative time for young children to to be social with one another. And, um, and they're, they're missing out on a lot of that. and, and we have we have now two families that we've sort of opened up to um, that we have play dates with but I I've noticed that there's there's a there's sort of there are some things that are coming up that, are, that the kids are expressing um, in terms of like how, how do we be human together and I noticed myself even when when I first had my f- my friend and her son over for dinner there was this, um, like, I had to keep checking in with my nervous system and letting my, my system know, like, this is okay. It's okay to be close to another human being
0: right now. That's so interesting, isn't it? Yes. You know, I, I think, because sort of my first take on that is that I think that often it's easier for girls um and just watching my grandkids that they are on the phone, they're on social media, they're they're talking to their friends, they're making TikToks, they're doing all kinds of of interactive things. And I'm just looking at my grandsons that are that are that are much like they're into sports and that's how they connect more. Um and I think that it's so so I'm just noticing with my grandsons, I've got a couple of them, that they tend to be less um um, uh, that, they're, that they, they seem to be more depressed. They seem to be struggling. My, I've had two of my granddaughters have been on slumber parties where they've done it with their, their iPads or their iPhones and they've watched movies together. And so they're interacting. But I, I really get what you're saying about our bodies maybe. It's something in us inherently where we're used to being in our own cave and having to come out and do the physicality of being with other people is strange. You know i I get that, um that's interesting, yeah,
1: yeah, and it's interesting what you're saying, um, because it is is the little boy that we're engaged with who seems to be having a lot more challenge, yeah. um, and you know, his mom was talking about like he has stranger danger that he never had before.
0: That makes sense. And I, I have a grandson who's 10 and he's like a soccer nut. And that's what he is. He loves, he lives for soccer and his friends and they, that's sort of how he interacts. And, um, and he's been really, he's really had a hard time because that's not there. So I, I guess, and I, and we're all different. Um, anyways, great questions. Yeah. And, and
1: so I guess, I mean, I think if if you're listening to this and you are someone who who who's noticing that like wow like it is it is a shock to sort of be in interaction with people again or to to get close again um, to just check in with your nervous system and 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 make sure that you have ways to support that and that you're I I am big on something called titration where. You give yourself small doses of something new and uncomfortable so that you can grow your capacity to hold, hold discomfort instead of beating yourself over the head with discomfort until you're flat as a pancake and totally exhausted and have nothing left. Um, You know, I think that titration is a real way of how we build resilience, um, especially in, in times like these so so what what else have you seen bubbling up for couples right now?
0: Um, sex is a biggie um, because we know that desire discrepancy is one of the biggest issues between couples you know which is one person wanting a lot of sex and one person not wanting so much or not even or maybe not even caring a lot about it so having different desire levels and when you're in a house all the time or in a condo all the time together, And this is really going to come out. And again, it's the same. I mean, it goes back to the very same um, rule that for everything, which is making, knowing that when you're in a relationship, it's about you and the other person both ways. And being able to talk about this without it just acting out between you. But I, I think that the the that one of the things that can happen when people have desire discrepancy is they stop touching. They get into a power struggle about fight. One person doesn't care about sex or feels or starts to really feel like every time their partner touches them, this is where it goes. And the other, so they stop touching, mm. or they get into some hard moves about it. Living under one roof, um, this that, that that people can. Shut down physically. They can shut down their tenderness and their. And we we really need touch. You know the the um, the the, can, the Many of the shelters have emptied out during the quarantine because people have brought in dogs and cats to bring them home and to have companion pets. And so with couples like one of the, I'm just encourage them again to be finding that place that's in the middle of you and me. And it's not about you. It's not about me. That we're creating together, which has us both in it. We need to do that around our sexual relationship as well, and and that requires a certain amount of giving from each side. Um, but I think that's also true. That I that's something I've been seeing.
1: I really love um, how you're coming at this, and your your approach seems almost like there, there's this philosophy of like meeting in the middle. Um, that you're that you're carrying and bringing forward, and I think it's so beautiful. It you know, makes me think of how we talk about just how we collaborate here. At, so at uh, superpower experts, we talk about synergistic collaboration, understanding that the space between us is
0: what yes. creates. Yes, exactly. The space between us. I I'm I am big on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful and I think there's a lot of of wisdom and a lot of exploration in that and but it takes a, a a willingness to be open and vulnerable and honest with where we're at and and how we are being impacted also.
0: And I think some of us naturally see the space between us as being about me. And some of us <laughs> Naturally, see the space between us as being about you, and so for some people, it's taking more space, and for other people, it's letting some of that space go. And so I think that's a and that's a hard self reflection. Either one of those are hard. You know, some of us need boundaries more than we need to be. We're always thinking about our impact on the other person, and we need to think less about it. And that's all part. And I think that's all part of uh, of hopefully of an agreement of using the relationship as a place to grow yourself um, without making judgments about how we are. We just, you know, we just have bring, we bring different strengths and challenges to to relationships. So I think that we have to, it's that one of the things I I say, I know we're going to run out of time, but one of the things I am also big about is that I, I am not with myself. I'm with a different person and that, that 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 has strengths and challenges, too. And in this time, when we're going through, whether we're sheltered in place and quarantined or whether we're dealing with what it means to go back out in the world and all the anxieties that that brings out, we're with somebody who is experiencing it differently than we are. And most of the time, it doesn't mean they're wrong. Sometimes they are. You know, if you're with someone who's going off to a concert or going, or going off into a place and saying, I don't believe in this at all. This is a conspiracy. That is wrong. Or somebody who's trying to control your every move. But mostly it's not about right or wrong. It's about differences. And And, and so this is a time that we not just are growing in terms of looking at our impact on the environment and on people of color or privilege, but it's also a time of looking at our impact on each other the people that we're closest to and giving us all more space to be ourselves.
1: So beautifully said, Linda, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us here. And I just really value the, um, the very solid seat from which you're bringing forth this information. I can, there's a real um, steadfastness and solidity that I feel in you and a real, humbleness and and wisdom. And I just want to give thanks for that and and for you coming and sharing that with our audience today.
0: Well, thank you for all that you bring to people, all the awareness and the self-reflection, the ability to to grow themselves in these challenging times. So thank you.
1: Yes. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, If you want to check out Linda Carroll, go to her website, lindaacarroll.com. If you want to see what we're up to here at Superpower Experts, you can go to superpowerexperts.com, check out Ways to Play. We've got a lot of fun stuff that we're building out um, and that that we have to offer over there. And if you have not yet downloaded the app, Go into the app store. Look for the Superpower Net app. You can stream all the podcasts right there. If you have one show that you really just want to listen to or dive deep into the rabbit hole with, you can you can go into that particular show and get all the all the episodes there. So um, do check out the app. It's free. And until next time. Go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings.
0: Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.